to the Come Follow Him podcast. This podcast is created by the Boise Nampa Institute of Religion for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Here, we hope to help young adults find relevant principles each week as they study the assigned Come Follow Me scripture block as outlined by the church. This episode is simply two institute teachers talking about what they see in the scriptures that might be relevant to your life. It is not intended to speak for the church or to definitively define doctrines or policies. Any opinions shared here are just that, our opinions, as we have learned to come follow Him. I'm your host, Matt Swenson. Let's jump in. Welcome back, everybody. It's good to be with you again this week. Uh, I am super excited uh, to be with one of the finest young seminary teachers I think we have in the whole system of uh, seminary and institute, uh, Brother Cody Troutman. Brother, welcome. Good to be with you. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, I, before we jump in, I, I, you have just like lots of exciting things going on in your life. Um, tell us about you and your wife. Uh, maybe remind us about you and your wife's kind of circumstance right now and what what, uh, you just had some changes happen as well, so yeah. fill us in. Yeah, absolutely. So last time we were on, uh, the Matt had us on, it was awesome. I can't remember how long ago it was. Yeah, it, was it was a while ago now. A while ago, Old Testament. Um, but my wife, Emma, and I were both seminary teachers, so we were both on. You remember all the great comments probably yeah. came from her. Yeah. And, but I was there too, if you don't remember. Uh, <clears throat> so we, um, we got pregnant in December, so we're just, we're now a month away from Having so a, exciting. a little baby. We don't know if it's boy or girl yet. We're going to wait to find out. So we're we're super excited and, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Well, good. Well, we're excited to have you and, and looking forward to it. We are in Romans today, chapter 1 uh, through 6, which as we went through it a little bit before we hit record, there's so much here. I mean, we talked about what we wanted to talk about and spent 45 minutes just <laughs> yeah. kind of diving into what's I basically there. did the entire podcast yeah, beforehand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Actually, it's kind of funny. My brother does a podcast as well. Um, not one I'm ever going to promote here, but uh, but it's fun and it's good <laughs> and it's totally wholesome and healthy. But um, but uh, they do a, like an uncut where they record the beginning 45 minutes of what are they going to talk about and how they oh, talk yeah. about it. And it's actually just as interesting as the the actual stuff when they get hit and record. So I love it. It's kind of fun. Okay, so we're in Romans chapter one. Um, takes us kind of all over the place, um, but is very direct, uh, I think really associates uh, some issues that they were having back then with the issues we're definitely dealing with today. Um, and so we're going to carefully touch on those things, but uh, but uh, let, let me give you as the time just to give us some context, maybe whatever you want to, to introduce us to Romans. Yeah. Uh, so interesting as we look at the uh, just the, the introduction to Romans and, and why Paul wrote to them. Uh, they give a few different reasons that he wanted to prepare them for when he came to, to sure. preach the gospel to them because sure. the church was pretty small there. Yeah. And no one had really preached in Rome. Yeah. They were just church members or people that listened to Peter and other apostles yeah. that were from Rome. Right. Um, and so preparing them for that, but also a, a big one, especially in these first few chapters, is to clarify and defend his teachings. Yeah. Um, he repeatedly had people who would quote him or reference him who misunderstood or distorted his teachings. And so as we look in this, it's, it's really interesting to, to see in today's world, what things in the gospel do I maybe misunderstand? Or what are things that I've distorted or changed it a little bit sure. in my idea of the gospel sure. that he is making clear yeah. now? So it's a great time for us to, 
really look at what do I believe about the gospel and are there things that I actually don't have quite yeah. right. So yeah. it's, it's awesome. H- have, I, have, I, have I changed my life to fit the gospel or am I changing the gospel to fit my life? Yeah. Right? That kind of idea that, that uh, if I only paint Christ in, a, in one light um, and I don't include the whole of everything he did, then, then I might err a little bit in, in one way or the other. Too heavy in the law or too heavy in the, in the love side, right? Yeah. We'll probably talk a lot about that tonight, so. Okay, so we're in Romans chapter 1, um, verse 1, servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. So he's an apostle, we know that. Um, and by the time we get to verse 7, and I'm going to let you take over here. Uh, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. So to the church members, right? Yeah. I, I love this the introduction here, these verses, how he uh, he's kind of praising them as saints that kind of figured it out all on their own without anybody really organizing the church there. Yeah. Because uh, he hasn't even visited there at this point. Yeah. Right. I mean, he says in eight, right? First, like first and foremost, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all yeah. that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. That's I mean, cool. somewhere they've they've never even traveled to, to really preach. Right. And yet, like they, their faith is spoken of, right? Yeah. They're, they're known in, in that that part of the land, especially in the, I mean, the Roman capital, right. which is persecuting the Jews big yeah, time for yeah. them to have that kind of faith. Right. In one of the hardest places for it could sure. be to have faith sure. is so admirable. And you see Paul just, well, just he, loving He kind of gushes over a little bit. In fact, yeah. he says in verse 9, without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. I might have, pro- I, that he wants to have a prosperous journey to him in 10, right? Yeah. It kind of reminds me of in our day, um, before the uh, blacks were given priesthood in 1978, the Brazilian people were just, and probably all over the world, right? But yeah. those that couldn't hold priesthood, that couldn't have churches really function well in their areas, didn't have temples because they couldn't perform the ordinances, ordinances necessary. And yet they were the ones that were contributing to temple funds and to uh, you know just significant members of the church who faithfully... Uh, went about their lives uh, without really a structure in place, yeah. just having heard about it, right? Yeah. Pretty cool. Really, really Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Okay, keep going. Uh, then, then in 11, right? I mean, 10 and 11, you know, he, he says, I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that ye may be established. Think of that word established, right? Just the foundation yeah. almost reference in there. He wants us to be firm right and what we believe in and sometimes especially even in the church right we get shaky we get you know confused and so so cool that he's focused on those who are the saints those who are the ones who are good right and there's so many of us i feel like that maybe feel like we're not seen or we're not heard because you know we're still in the church like we're still holding on to our faith in christ but there's other things that might be making us shaky but no one's, you know, helping us because they're helping the people that are, you know, really struggling, people sure. who aren't members of the church. Sure. And so just that that focus on on us, members of the church who are already saints and, yeah. and just trying. Yeah, so I love cool. that. I, I think also, you know, obviously the, the calling of the apostles was to go out and to establish the church in every region, right? And so maybe this is a reference to his desire to come and organize them yeah. in the Roman area, right? To have not, not just personal stability, but a structure, a church structure that could help them uh, continue to learn and grow as a, as a body, as a unit, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. So he wants to be there. Oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also, even among other Gentiles. I, I want to be there. I'm just, I just keep get, getting distracted. Yeah. I got other stuff that comes up and I, 
I'm not able to be there, so. But I love that I, I would not have you ignorant that oftentimes I purpose or I wanted to come unto you. Sometimes when, you know, nobody talks to us and nobody, you know, we assume, oh, they don't care, they don't. True. But so good to see that he and I would say, you know, many in the world today are, they want to help. They're, they do want to. They do see us. They are trying. But for one reason or another, there's other things that have yeah. made it hard. Yeah, and maybe I'll just touch on that in the institute seminary role. I'm sure you feel it as well. You know, we've got students that come, they're quiet, and they sit in the back. Mm. Or they don't come because they don't feel like um, anyone sees them. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think I think sometimes it's important to just say, I'm so sorry I'm not able to just talk and get to know to each one of you. Yeah. Um, I, I really want to, um, but we have different makeups in the room. Some are louder, some are quieter. And... And I have a hard time sometimes getting to the quieter, and yeah. and so so stick around a little longer in class. Let me let me take some time to get to know. You. I think that's true in a primary room. I think it's true in a Sunday school class. I mean anything we do in S and I, but that those that are not the teacher, those that are not the, in, in this case the apostle, right? Yeah. Um, that th- they don't say that uh, doesn't mean that does it doesn't f- isn't felt right. Yeah. That they want to be there with you and get to know you a little differently. So. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Cool. So 16, can we go to 16? Yeah, let's do it. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also unto the Greek. Mm. The Jew first, because that's where it went first, right? Right. The the, the gospel was given to the Jews as a... Correct. uh, Even through the Old Testament, but then again to, uh, um, to Christ, went first to the Jews, right? And now it goes to everywhere. And then the next verse... For therein is righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just should live by faith. So I think there's a lot there that we're going to unpack kind of as we go today, um, just in the just being, uh, living by faith, um, and from faith to faith. I think that concept is a cool concept too. Yeah, and I think as we get into three and and some of the other ones, we'll really unpack that, like you said. Yeah. Um, But if you look at 22, this is... One that I kind of skipped over, but I loved your your comments on that, and and just want to kind of introduce twenty two and some of the discussion that we had on that one. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, maybe just to get into that in twenty uh, nineteen, mm. uh, that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shooted unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even in eternal power of, and Godhood, Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So those that have received the gospel, the Jews first and then the Gentiles, they have this power. They've been seeing this power acted out in their lives and in the apostles and Christ mm-hmm. himself. Uh, and then verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart and darkened. Then 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Um, I think, you know, those of us that have read the Book of Mormon, we see it left and right, right? Yeah. As soon as you get a little bit of comfort and happiness in your life, you go way too far with that, <laughs> and, uh, and you start doing things that are, that are incorrect. Um, we start having uh, feelings about ourselves that are prideful, we are better than um, that feeling of pride becomes something that um, allows us to justify actions that are we, that we know are immoral, 
and ultimately, eventually, those actions are no longer even seen as immoral. They're just part of what we do, yeah. because of because our pride has removed God yeah. from our lives, right? Well, I think in in twenty one, like you said, you know, when it says but became vain in their imaginations, yeah. the Greek trans. Uh, phrase there is corrupt in their reasonings or their deliberations mm-hmm. you know something becomes corrupted it's not you know it doesn't always happen all at once things just kind of seep in right. and so in our reasonings or deliberations when we're talking about things it's so easy in in the culture and in the world we live in for things to just kind of sink in yeah. not not that we're seeking them out or choosing to right. but just as we talk about it yeah. these things come up and and they kind of seep in these ideas or philosophies where, you know, we think we understand better as we talk about it and, right. and these opinions get thrown out that it's just so easy in the world to have things just sink into our hearts and our minds that it might not be 100% right. It yeah. just pollutes us just a little yeah. bit, you know? And, and whether, it's, whether it's polluting uh, the words of prophets to twist them into something that they're not, yeah. it's polluting doctrines of God uh, to, to twist them into things that are not, um, or it's twisting morality into a place where it really benefits my carnal desires yeah. as opposed to fulfilling the purposes in the plan um, and, and in some ways glorifying God, right? I think, I think yeah. it could. Um, but in a fallen world, the adversary would have us twist those, all of those things into just the anti of what God would have us do. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> and it's interesting in here, uh, it's interesting here to me that Paul uh, goes in verse, well, it's, it's a little awkward to skip into 26, but let's do that. Yeah. Uh, For this cause, God gave them up unto the vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one towards another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. So obviously we're talking about homosexuality uh, here where men have left the natural affections of the women and gone to that which is unnatural. And the women have done the same thing in 26. Um, It just isn't really clarified until 27 what we're talking about. Um, and, And then 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Um, you know, they, they didn't want God to be part of their experience. And, and I think about Paul talking to the Romans and saying, you know, this, these are some things that, that you've kind of twisted around, um, and this is not something God wants and is not okay with as yeah. a form of family, as a form of uh, um, an expression of love. Um, and it, it's interesting to me because we live in, in a world today where we think it's so much worse. And maybe it is, but yeah. maybe not. I mean, if, if Paul's seen it in Rome from across the pond, right. you know, I mean, like, it's, it's a thing. It's yeah. a big enough thing back then that he needed to address it. Um, and it's such, a, it's such a, uh, a touchy subject today. I mean, we've got people in my family that steal with same-sex same attraction. We've got... Friends, you know, that yeah. I think most of us know someone that's dealing with that. And, um, and so how do you talk about it in a way that is uplifting, um, that's loving, that is um, promoting Christian morals, and yet at the same time promoting uh, Christian law? 
Yeah. I think that's really a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think, you know, something that ha has to come from this is where we have to start is, is what we understand about who our Heavenly Father is and who Jesus Christ are. Yeah. Um, and their plan, right? These are, the, these are the people who know us perfectly. Jesus Christ is the one who went through everything that we went through. Right. Um, and so for him to, or for them to now talk about these subjects or, or tell their servants to talk about these subjects, it's definitely with us in mind, which is so, so hard, right? And you do you empathize with um, the people who do struggle with same-sex attraction and, and everything that that comes with, yeah. you know, trying to be a, a member of Christ's church and, and to follow Christ with that. I mean, it, I could not, I mean, I just admire the faith of oh, so many right. who now... I mean, just your your future, not only in this life, but in the eternities, how much is fuzzy and yeah. and hard, but they trust in Christ because they know He's the one that, yeah. you know, is asking this of them. And from what they know about Jesus Christ, it makes it okay. And so we have to remember who this message is coming from and remember how that person feels about us. Well, yeah, and I think also whose we are, right? That, yeah. that God allows us to come to earth in a fallen world where whether it's we're born that way or it's a cultural uh, thing that is impressed upon us or whatever the reason, which we don't really know, yeah. um, God knows what's happening. He knows how he's going to save his children that are dealing with that. Um, he has a plan. I don't know the plan. I, I yeah. know the plan you know, for that specific <laughs> trial, but he does, and he understands that, that ultimately the Savior's atonement will be the answer. Uh, for even those uh, those trials, so so the the question then becomes, well, how do we love them? How do we? That, that sounds so harsh, right? Like I can't love someone that's sinning, right? <laughs> right? Like that's not <laughs> whoa, right? But yeah. but really, um, the question of love and law comes in, right? That that there is a law that uh, that I if I really love someone, I want them to know, I want them to understand, I want them to have, and at the same time, there is. A, a law to love, right? And a yeah. law to treat kindly and to treat well. And so that balance becomes something that I think is really important, unnecessary. The, the mm. things that are that are maybe bad in my life, removal of those things that, right. that cause us to be unhealthy or to cause us to have canker or whatever. And, you know, medically that would be the reasons for circumcision. And so spiritually, if we take the same that same message and we say... You know, Paul then goes into the concept of circumcision, and he says, you're, you're professing circumcision, but you're not really living uncircumcised, right? You're, yeah. You're living an uncircumcised life by not cutting all this stuff out of your life. Yeah. It's cankering you. It's causing you to be unhealthy spiritually. Um, and anyway, I, I just think it's a cool, a cool connection to a Mosaic Law, yeah. right, that, that has been around since Abraham, right? We've yeah. For a long time. Well, and I love that in, you know, in verse 25, he says, For circumcision verily profiteth, right? It's a good thing, if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Right. And, I mean, circumcision to them was kind of an ordinance, right? It was the kind of a sacred act that, yeah. you know. Um, loving you and accepting the, the feelings that you're having, the trials that you're having. Um, and at the same time, I will continue to understand the law and know yeah. that the law is... Very clear. Men and women were created very specifically, and that doesn't mean we don't have um, our own conditions of the fall that apply to us. But but our our task is to overcome the world, right? 
yeah. and to become more like God, more like the Savior. Well, that's what he, I mean, he says before he even goes into this, you know, with same-sex attraction, he gives a, a ton of other ones, by the way, too. If, if you look at 29, I mean, he, he touches on this, but then he also says they're filled with all sorts of unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetous, maliciousness, envy, murder, debate, deceit, like whispers, backbiters, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, there is several of these things that I fall under. I mean, yeah. think about how many of the youth, right? Like disobedient yeah. to parents, you know, how many times did I fall under that? Yeah. So there's so many, but before he goes into all of those things where he lays out the law and the areas where we need to know, mm-hmm. where we need to repent. In 25, they said, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator mm-hmm. who is blessed forever, amen. And just that idea that, I mean, we... At the end of the day, President Nelson spoke to this and saying, you know, we need to, are we willing to let God prevail? Mm-hmm. Even though I might feel certain things or, or struggle with certain things or have certain opinions, am I going to let that take priority yeah. over his or trust that maybe he knows yeah. my feelings and my thoughts and and so I can trust him to say what you want is yeah. is more important. And it's going to be better for me in the long run. Yeah. Right? As a father, he's not giving us stuff just to make us upset. Right. You know, that's not how we are with our kids. We, we give them the best instruction, right, to help them be happy. <clears throat> I think it's also... <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> I think it's also interesting that they give themselves really over to the creature more than the Creator. And if we go to 28 in this chapter, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do the things which were not convenient and all the things that you'd shared, right? Right. They didn't want to keep God in their mind. They didn't want things to be godly. And so God just allows them, okay, continue on down the road you're going and ignore the law ignore that right he, he allows right. us to choose that right then it's but it's interesting to see what the say what the savior I'm not going to say that it's interesting to see what the adversary does with uh that freedom right with that freedom for yeah. us to choose what does he do <coughs> i think in in context here uh it maybe is interesting to look back at church history where the god the laws of god were give man the laws of plural marriage. Now, there's a whole episode on plural marriage that we don't have time for right now, right? But, right. but ultimately, that law, if we, are, if we believe in a prophet and we believe that Joseph received that covenant yeah. um, and was, was tasked with living it, we believe that that was something that came from God. Well, look at our day today. In, in the mm-hmm. 1870s, uh, the country says, nope, that's not okay. Plural marriage is out. And, and so man decided what was right and wrong in a godly thing. Right. Tra- fast forward 150 years to today, and we now have what we call not polygamy, but polyamorous relationships, where we have uh, one man and two women, or two men and a woman, and they live together, and they have this free, just whatever. Yeah, no strings attached no relationships, strings, yeah, whatever. right? There's no commitments. Yeah. If, the, if it wanted to be three men and a woman or, yeah. or whatever. And we and we see this being sold in, the, in social media as this like really cool way of being where you just are so accepting of everyone. Yeah. And, and even your partner, you can be so accepting yeah. of them and loving to You're them. You're fine with them sleeping with somebody hey, man, else for that. That, is, you that know? is so cool. As long, I mean, they're going to come back to me. They love right. me. I understand that. So, so it's wrong. I mean, it's straight up just flat wrong. But look what the adversary has done. He's taken something that had marriage and family at the very core of it 
and he's made that wicked in the eyes of the world, and he's taken the same basic premise and turned it into this glorified thing that we're supposed to look at and say, oh, isn't this wonderful? Yeah. How loving they are. In other words, they've taken the laws of God and thrown them out the window and taken the love of God and completely adopted it as their mantra, right. saying this is all that matters. Ultimately, what they've done then is they've taken Christ and turned him into an antichrist. They've looked only at the loving side of Christ and said, this is who Christ was. Yeah. And if I approach that Christ, he will save me in all of my sins and in all the things that I am, just the way I am. And I don't have to change anything. I don't have to become anything better. Right. I just have to accept him. And ultimately, I've created in the image of Christ something that is not Christ at all. Yeah. Well, you see it in, I mean, and we get into it later. I mean, he, he talks about his grace and his willingness to, to justify us, right, or forgive us of our sins. Yeah. But he says, like, does that mean that we sin more because he sinned? Like, no, not at all, yeah. right? Like, we don't just accept his own and be like, oh, sweet, he just is just going to do that yeah. and it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. But you look at his example with the rich young ruler, mm -hmm. and we, we tend to separate love and law, right? right? Like, again, it's a balance, yeah. right? Or you have to do both, but they're separate. But you look at, the Savior in his interaction with the rich young ruler, and it says that Jesus beholding him, loved him. Yeah. And then he said, one thing thou lackest, go sell everything to the poor and follow me. Yeah. So it literally says Jesus loved him. Yeah. And those were the next words out of his mouth. Yeah. And so we tend to think that, you know, giving a law or holding a standard is unkind, right? right? Or unloving, right? Yeah. Because it's not accepting. Yeah. But here we see the Savior who in an act of love held him to a higher yeah. standard or gave him a higher yeah. standard. And maybe there's something to you and me there too, right? I'm so far from the Savior as an example. But if I approach someone out of anything but love first yeah. to guide and counsel them in living more of the commandment, I'm doing it the wrong way, right? right. Christ first loved yeah. and then taught, right? If I approach someone out of a, I need to teach them because they're screwing up and I don't even know them, and, right, and like, how, how on earth is that going to work, right? And uh, I think there's so many examples like that of the Savior where he defends first, he loves first. The woman taking adultery again, right? He yeah. defends her, loves her first, shows that love, gets down on her level, protects her, all the things, so that he can be a valid source of, of truth, for her yeah. when the truth is needed and, and comes out ultimately, right? But the rich man, it, that rich young ruler is a perfect example of that too. Yeah. So keep going, because this ties us, I think, into Romans <coughs> as we continue on here, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As we keep going, so, I mean, there at the end in 32, um, yeah. just, he just says one thing you want to point out real quick in 32 in that footnote for, he says, who knowing the judgments of God or the laws of God and commit those things are worthy of, death right right there's there's punishment for it and yeah, not only spiritual death right? right right and not only do the same but have pleasure in them that do them yeah. right so not only the people that are committing the acts of all those things in you know 28 to 31 but even those that are have pleasure in it are okay with it if you look at the footnote um what does he say that approve of it or sympathize yeah. with them and so we have to be careful even though you know it, it's never a struggle that you know we may deal with to say but am i Am I sympathizing with that? Yeah, there's that, something you know, in the temper recommend questions you brought up in our in our pre-recording, right? Yeah. Talk, talk that through a little bit. I think that was wise. Yeah, well, I mean, in our temper recommend interview, it says, do you support, right, or, or, 
or get behind any teachings or practices that are contrary to the teachings and doctrine of of the Savior of His Church, yeah. right? And so we have to be careful that we are not also in danger supporting, you know, an action that's against sure. what God wants, sure. even though we can defend a person. I mean, think of someone who, I mean, the Savior with the woman kind of adultery, he defended her as a person from mistreatment from others, mm-hmm. right? Those who wanted to attack her and belittle her and whatever. But he never supported what she did, right? Like you said, he yeah. said, go and sin no more. I mean, he condemns the action, yeah. but loves the person. But we can, because we're so compassionate and it's such a good thing. It's a Christ-like quality. But the danger is instead of defending a person in someone I have that's maybe in the LGBTQ plus community, when I see them and how they're mistreated, it's a terrible thing. Yeah. You know, and I would love to speak out against, you know, people who are mistreating sure. them and saying, hey, listen, sure. sure they believe differently than you, but you like you're not in a position to be able to hurt this person or right. or speak like that about him. Yeah. So I'd appreciate it if you didn't, right? Sure. You can have your beliefs and that's fine. Yeah. But don't attack someone else just because they think differently. Yeah. I'm defending a person. Right. It's another thing entirely if the Savior were to go to the Pharisees and say, whoa, 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 listen, she was just loving somebody, right? Like, there's loves. nothing wrong with what yeah. she did. Right. For me to say, whoa, who are you to define what love is right. and why is that wrong? You know, yeah. if that's how I go and defend them, defending the action yeah. and not the person. So I can still be compassionate and loving yeah. towards someone without, like it says, approving of. Sure. That so we can live loving God and loving. Yeah, that's neighbor. great. I, I think of a, a a family that I know whose mother really struggled to answer that question because they have a child who is, um, mm. you know, struggling with same sex attraction and not living that law and uh, that life. And and she loves her child and supports her child and wants her child to feel loved. And and um, but really the difference I think is advocacy, right? Am yeah. I am I advocating for my child and their well being, or am I advocating? For their lifestyle and the choices they're making, um, you know, if if I think of and actually it's interesting because I just read a thing the other day that showed that the LGBT LGBTQ plus now includes A, which is an advocate, um, advocate for mm-hmm. you. Don't have to have any feelings that direction. Right, an You're an advocate, an ally, yeah. right? Yeah, it's AA actually, advocate and ally, right? And um, and I I, I don't want to I don't want to disparage the idea of. Uh, supporting gay rights. Yeah, right? absolutely not. The, in fact, the church is a, church is a huge financial supporter of gay rights. Yeah, defends um, those the 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 rights of uh, that that contradict the laws of God. Right. So, right. the church is a huge defender of like <coughs> uh, gay marriage. Right. Um, and anti-gay marriage. Yeah. But where you're looking at equality and people being treated well and and those types of things, the church gets behind those. Uh, those laws v- very quickly. Yeah. Um, in fact, just recently, the the church supported the uh, Marriage Act that um, yeah. that came out uh, just in 2023. But in their statement, was very clear to say this protects the rights of religion to continue to define marriage between a man and a woman as they choose to. Yeah. But it also provides for some rights for those of the LGBTQ plus community to have some some freedoms to live like everybody else is living. Right. And that really confused a lot of members of the church. Oh yeah, what they thought they were on? they were supporting the the action, right? right? Or, yeah. or gay marriage, yeah. right? They were pro gay marriage yeah. instead of I'm pro these people right, exactly. and want them to be able to live according to right. the dictates of their conscience, right. right? How they define marriage and, and and ultimately they will be taught or they know already and it, they're just accountable. That's just how God will do it, right? Yeah. And someday a person who 
wasn't taught will have an opportunity to be taught, right? And, yeah. and that challenge, that trial, however that will be explained and, and defined by God in the great judgment, God's got to put that into their equation, right? He's yeah. got to say, I, I allowed you to have this issue in life, and, and here's how you dealt with it with the knowledge that you had. And I have to have faith in God that he's bigger and better yeah. than losing all of his children that struggled with same-sex attraction. It's just not how I see him. Yeah. I mean, what he, what he says at the beginning, they worship the creature more than the creator. Yeah. I love that idea that who created the creature right? right? was yeah. was the creator. Yeah. And so trusting in him. And just tying it back up, there's... Um, just so many students and people that we've known in the LGBTQ uh, plus community that are faithful disciples of yeah, Jesus Christ. Right. And I like, I, again, I, I'll, I'll just say it again. I can't possibly understand the kind of faith it would take yeah. to not understand how or why, right? Why any of this is happening yeah. or how it's going to work out, but to still put your trust in that being that yeah. we haven't seen, right? Yeah. Us personally. I mean, I speak for myself. Yeah, I haven't sure. seen him, right? right? But that faith is so admirable. And so I love that Paul in the same letter where he is pointing out what is right and what is wrong mm -hmm. and maybe even warning of the dangers of, of acting mm -hmm. in those things or approving of them. Mm -hmm. In that, it was that same letter where he, he just gushed and just expressed all of his love and admiration for their faith, right? Right, and so I, I just for all those in that realm more directly than I am, yeah. and I've just watched, I've just admired yeah. that kind of faith that yeah. honestly I aspire to one day. And, and it's so apostolic, right, to be able to do that, to be able to love so cleanly <laughs> yeah. and perfectly, and and maybe not perfect in all ways, but but in a way that is is. Um, noble and inspiring to you and I, right? To, yeah. to see them and say, oh man, look at what he's doing. Without ceasing, I make mention of you always, right? In yeah. my prayers to other people, all these, you know, all the good things you're doing, you're struggling with these things though, right? That's right. that's an apostle. That's the, the role of, of one called to testify of Christ, right? Yeah. Okay, so we get into chapter two, and I think it's an extension of this, right? In the heading, yeah. God will render to every person according to his or her deeds, right? And so we get this, this very clear teaching in chapter two about um, you know the difference between mercy and um, the laws that we live and why we live the laws. Uh, where would you take us in chapter two? Um, <clears throat> I love it in verse thirteen. First off, right, um, that for not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall right. be justified. Especially in this time, you know, I mean, the Gentiles and the Jews, it was. Very much if you're born a Jew, right? If you're yeah. a Jew and, and they use the term circumcision, right? Circumcision in, in some of these chapters refers to like being God's covenant people yeah. and uncircumcision, sure. not a part of his people. Right. And he goes in and, and in a lot of these, he's saying, no, like what makes you circumcised or part of God's people is if you're doing the law, yeah. right? And if you're not, then you're not. Even if you were born a Jew, even if you were... And so just that emphasis that no matter where you come from, no matter what your circumstances, um, those that are, that are doing it, those are the ones that are Christ's people, right? Yeah. His disciples. Yeah. And, and it's, it's 10 too, right? But glory, yeah. honor, and peace to every man that worketh good. Mm, mm -hmm. To the Jew first and also the Gentile. There's a work, right? Yeah. For there is no respect of persons with God. For as many as have sinned without the law shall be perished without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law, right? The, yeah. the law exists. Um, and if you understand the law, you're going to be asked to live by the law. It's the second Nephi chapter 
two kind of concept, yeah. right? Like you, if there's no law, you can't be judged by it. But yeah. but if the law exists and you know the law, then you need you're to be held accountable yeah, for it. You're going to be accountable to it. Yeah. I think that's that's important, um, and and I think it's also something that. Uh, it, it maybe speaks to the rest of the world's view of Christ, this antichrist that they've created, where Christ doesn't expect anything of you. He's already suffered his his atonement for you, and all of your sins are covered under it. And so, because of that, you can come to him. You can you can give up your sins to him, and you can be saved. And and that's yeah. true. That's not wrong, right. right? The concept of grace being the only thing that saves us is spot on. Yeah. But the marker of a Christian, how, how whether he sees and accepts you is by the things that you did. That, yeah. Those would be the things you're judged by. Right? Yeah. Well, and that, that very thing, right, as we, we get into, you know, grace and, and, and how we achieve, you know, justification sure. or forgiveness yeah. uh, is great. And I, you know, I want to have a great conversation there. But I love in verse four, um, he says, despise thou the riches of goodness, forbearance, long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Yeah. Right? Again, that grace, that idea is the, the mark of a Christian in experiencing his goodness yeah. and that mercy and that love, it leads us to repent, to change, right. to try to be better, right? right? It's not that we're trying to earn a love or anything like that, but it's the real mark of a Christian is someone who's felt the goodness of God is repentance, yeah. is changing and, and, it's and not, living the law. Yeah, and he's so clear, 22. Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Yeah. Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Yeah. Thou that makest the boast of the law through bre through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. Yeah. Right? You, you, are, it, you can't say, follow Christ. And not follow the laws he, he upheld. Yeah. Right? You, can't, you can't say, become a disciple of Christ and be the, however you want to be and Christ will forgive you eventually. You're dishonoring him right. by, by doing it that way, right? It's not, yeah. it's not at all what he invited us to do. And this is a very, I mean, the, the biggest, you know, in 21, with those examples, yeah. thou therefore which teachest another, right? You that's teaching other people this. Yeah. Are you teaching yourself? Uh, I think that's just a great question. Um, that Eller Holland even read this in you know on an Instagram post and and shared it. Just that idea that especially for teachers of the gospel, but all of us yeah. who teach or or defend Christ's gospel, first and foremost, that question is: Are you teaching yourself? Are you living the things that yeah. you're teaching? And for all of us to not be the ones with the clubs for other people, but to say, right. "Lord, is it I? Right? Yeah. Where do I need exactly. to improve?" Exactly. I love the end, and it's it's probably worth a, a week's worth of study about circumcision and uncircumcision and mm. things there. But ultimately, I think the message is, you know, circumcision pointed to a uh, removal of unnecessary the, the mm. things that are that are maybe bad in my life. Removal of those things right. that, that cause us to be unhealthy or to cause us to have canker or whatever. And, you know, medically that would be the reasons for circumcision. And so spiritually, if we take the same, that same message and we say, you know, Paul then goes into the concept of circumcision and he says, you're, you're professing circumcision, but you're not really living uncircumcised, right? You're, yeah. You're living an uncircumcised life by not cutting all this stuff out of your life. Yeah. It's cankering you. It's causing you to be unhealthy spiritually. 
Um, and anyway, I, I just think it's a cool a cool connection to a mosaic law, yeah. right? That that has been around since Abraham, right? We've yeah, for a long time. When I love that in you know in verse twenty five, it says, "For circumcision verily profiteth, right? It's a good thing, yeah. if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision." Right. And I mean, circumcision to them was kind of an ordinance, right? It was the kind of a sacred act that yeah. you know help them identify as one of God's sure. people, right? Yeah, that was how they differentiated, people, right? Sure. Um, but, and so replace that maybe with some of the ordinances that we participated in, in 25 for baptism, verily profiteth it, if thou keep the law or the covenant, yeah. your baptismal covenant. But if thou be a breaker of the ba- baptismal covenant, thy baptism is made uncircumcision or your sealing or your endowment. I mean, we sometimes we we think because I was sealed, I'm good. Right. Because I'm endowed, I'm good. Like right. a checklist, I did it. Yeah. Baptism, I did it. So yeah. everything I do after this point doesn't matter. Yeah. But here he's saying even those acts, right? If we're not keeping our covenants, the act doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I get sealed in the temple and then I don't treat my wife well, if I don't labor and, and, and counsel with her, right? The way that the Lord wants me to. If I'm not working together with her, supporting her, sure. then what? What is the ceiling doing? The you know, anyway, yeah, so it's not really doing anything. In fact, it takes me back to Romans <clears throat> one, verse thirty-one, which is maybe one of the only verses we didn't really touch on. Mm. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural mm. affection, implacable, unmerciful. Right? Yeah. It, it really becomes living the way of the world. It doesn't want us to to <coughs> be covenant people, right? It, 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 the, the world is inviting us to have no feeling. Yeah. By saying, have all the feelings. Right, and it's okay to have whatever feelings you have. <laughs> right. You can't have a feeling then one way or the other, right? You yeah. can't you can't follow the spirit to teach you right from wrong if all things are right. Yeah. Right? And and everything then promotes you to break covenants and to not even make covenants, right? Right. So I love that. I love that in here that that's the direction he goes. Um, chapter three, I think he continues in there, right? Man is not yeah, justified by the law of Moses. Uh, he's justified through righteous. I'm just reading the heading here. Righteousness, which comes through faith in Christ, made possible through Christ's atoning sacrifice. Anything in three you want to look at? Um, I mean, just getting down to... Justified concept, right? Yeah, the verse uh, 24. Okay. I mean, 23, uh, we all, this is relevant for all of us because we're all in this boat in 23, for all have sinned Mm -hmm. and come short of the glory of God, right? right? There's not a single person on this earth who doesn't fall into that category. But in 24... Um, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And in, even in the footnote the, the footnote, the Joseph Smith translation is being justified only by His grace mm-hmm. through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And it was interesting, um, at an FSY I went and I was, I was teaching just on this very thing, and a trap that we can fall into is... Is you say what leads to forgiveness? In this case, justification, mm-hmm. right? Which is mm-hmm. forgiveness of sin. Sure. What leads to forgiveness? You know, and everyone just on the count of three had them yell it out. Mm-hmm. And the word repentance was, you know, the the one that was thrown out. Sure. And I mean, that's kind of our idea, right? If you if you want forgiveness, right, or salvation for your soul, you need repentance, right? right? That's that's the equation. Sure. Repentance leads to forgiveness, yep. and that's not the case. I mean, he he says it right here being justified or forgiven only by His grace through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus. And I I just see so many youth and young adults and 
And I myself, I struggle a lot with this idea of how can I know if I've done enough, working so hard right. to earn... Forgiveness. Yeah, forgiveness <laughs> and, and uh, being like good, I guess you can say, yeah. in God's eyes. Like, yeah. are we good? Am I, yeah. have, are we okay like, now? Enough? Or yeah, yeah. was that enough? <laughs> and that, like, that, never, that never came yeah. because it doesn't come yeah. through our repentance even. Yeah, verse, it comes through His grace. Verse 20 says that very clearly. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, yes. there shall no flesh be justified <laughs> right. in His sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The only reason you have law is so you know right from wrong. That's why right. God's given it to us. It's yeah. not so that because you're obedient, you've earned your way into heaven. Right. That isn't it at all. It, it, there's a couple of concepts on that. I know you've got a lot on this, so I'm, I'm going oh, yeah. to just do two little things and then, and then turn it back over to you. The, the concept of justification um, is an interesting one to me, and sometimes I think we think of it as Christ being the one that's going to justify Matt, right? He's going to stand in front of God, and he's going to say, Matt was good. Right. And, you know, he tried real hard, and, and yeah, he sinned, but you know, he's going to justify all my stupid actions by yeah. somehow holding up all my righteous actions right. and justifying to God why I deserve to be there. That's not Christ at all. If we go to the 45th section of the Doctrine and Covenants, listen to this. Ooh. The, the, you, you know where I'm going, right? Yes, this, this so is fantastic. good. He says, listen to him who is the advocate with the Father. So an advocate is the one that is going to be the justifier, right? He's the one yeah. standing up in front. Yeah. Who is pleading your cause before him. Okay, so I think when we talk about this in the church, we just stop there. Uh, we just stop and say, what is an advocate? Wouldn't it be so awesome to have Christ be our advocate? <laughs> oh, yeah. We stop reading. But listen to what he says. This is what he's going to say to Christ when I'm standing there next to him and he's defending me. He says, Father, behold the sufferings and death of him who did no sin and whom thou wast well pleased. Behold the blood of thy son which was shed, the blood of him whom thou gavest that thyself might be glorified. Yeah. Wherefore, Father, spare Matt, my brother, that believed on my name. That he may come unto me and have unto me and have everlasting life. Yeah. He doesn't talk about me at all. No, he, he doesn't try to justify no, you. Be like, it, no, he all. just didn't know what he was doing. So, or, so yeah, so he is just at, dumb. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> he just didn't know stuff, right? No, he talks about himself because he's the only one worthy yeah. of that right, right? And that's the it's the right God gave him. So now let's think about justification differently, rather than justification being an argument for me. Being, being worthy, which I'm not, and that, that argument's never going to be made. What if we use the, the term justification, we look at another definition of it. If you are in a Word document, and you are typing up a Word document, and you go to format it, the concept of justification moves everything left or right or centered, right? Mm. If I justify the page, everything goes to the left or to the right. right. If I look at justification through Jesus Christ in that way, Justification becomes aligning myself with Him. Ooh. Christ aligns me with Him through repentance and through uh, being forgiven. And if I'm aligned with Him, I'm aligned to God. Yeah. But He's in front of me, just blocking my way, right? He's, I just love that idea. Yeah. But I, I'm not going to have to argue for, for what I need or what I want. Uh, Christ is going to stand up and argue His case. And then He's going to turn to me and He's going to say, He knew me. Because of the things he did, I know he knew me. And because of the things he did, I want to apply my atonement to him. And I want mm. to help him. Because my atonement and the grace that I'm offering him right now is enough. You told me, God, that it would be enough. Yeah. And I want to apply it to him too. 
Yeah, just a few thoughts there. There's a, a quote by Elder Christopherson, and I take a few different places, that idea that he doesn't talk about you at all no. in that, right? But, but he sees Christ's payment yeah. as enough. Yeah. Um, in 2 Nephi 2, where he talks about this, Lehi's talking to his son Jacob, and he says, I know that thou art redeemed, right? I know that you are redeemed, saved, mm-hmm. forgiven, mm-hmm. justified. Yeah. You know, and I, if I'm Jacob, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, like, yeah. You know, I didn't yeah. know that. Cool, thanks, Dad. Yeah, right? But that's like, that must say something about yeah, me, right. right? But instead he says, I know that thou art redeemed because of the righteousness of thy Redeemer. Yeah. <laughs> so saying, right. I know that you're okay yeah. because of what Christ did. Give not us because that, of anything Give us that reference did. again. Where is that at? That's 2 Nephi 2, verse... Three. Man, I love that. So, you, I mean, you go there, I know that thou art redeemed because of the righteousness of thy Redeemer, yeah. because he's the one who cometh <laughs> to bring salvation unto men. You go down a little further, um, where does he say it? Oh, verse 8, right? Wherefore, how great the importance to make these things known unto the inhabitants of the earth, right? Yeah. This is so, so important that we can all know that there is no flesh that can dwell in the presence of God save it be or accept it's through the merits, which by definition means goodness or yeah. like, like good qualities, and mercy and grace of the Holy Messiah. And the word mercy even means one who shows compassion when it's within their power yeah. to punish, right. right? Which Christ could do for all of us. Like, right. I know exactly what you did. I went through it. Yeah. I know what you did. Yeah. It's That's within cool. his power and he chooses not to. I mean, Go back to the, the story of the woman being caught in adultery. He said, whoever is without sin cast the first stone. Yeah. There was someone without sin there. Yeah. And he chose not to cast the stone. Not to cast the stone, right? That's his, that's his goodness. That's yeah. the person we're talking about. And so the only way that we're ever going to be justified or cleansed in any way is through the merits, mercy, and grace of him. So we don't have to ask ourselves yeah. Have I done enough? Am I enough? We just have to ask, is he enough? And am I aligned with him so yeah. that he would accept me, right? Then then <clears throat> obedience to the commandments becomes a sign to God and a sign to Christ. I am one of yours. I want to be one of yours. Yeah. Our repentance, our daily joyful repentance that President Oaks or President Nelson would invite us to have becomes a method yeah. of aligning ourselves, of justifying ourselves into God's presence right. through Christ. Yeah. Right? And I love that idea of aligning ourselves the other verse I love in Helaman chapter 5, we always focus on verse 12, right? right? Yeah. Christ is our foundation. Sure. But what's so interesting is the verse before um, is where he says, the, he talks about repentance and he says, what's important is to know that Christ is going to come to redeem us. Mm-hmm. So he's he sent angels to proclaim repentance mm-hmm. because it says repentance. We think repentance leads to salvation, forgiveness, sure. justification. Sure. But it says, which repentance bringeth to the power of the Redeemer mm. unto the salvation of our souls. Mm. So my repentance will never be enough, right. but the whole purpose, like you said, is to align myself with Christ yeah. and His power is what is enough. That's what redeems us. Man, that's really cool. And like you, you know, that's what, that's what gives us that, that peace in Romans yeah. in, in chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. I mean that in DNC 45, knowing that Christ is saying, spare Matt yeah. because of what I did. Yeah, right. I, like, I can be at peace because I know that he is not fighting for me, but 
taking yeah. my place And in I that. don't have to justify anything. Yeah. I don't have to go in and say, it's not me on one side of the courtroom, it's Brad Wilcox, his grace is sufficient. If you haven't watched that or seen that. So story, good. Man, you need to see it. It's a BYU <coughs> address. Um, don't read the, okay, you can read it, but the, the, <laughs> the he did an Ensign article that's like super watered down and it's got like a quarter of what, yeah, um, what actually is in the talk. So so go find it. But but the idea that I walk into a courtroom, Jesus is on one side and I'm on the other side. He's trying to get me. It's right. kind of how we view the judgment, right? That yeah. God's at the throne up in front and Christ's over here and I'm over here. <laughs> and I've got to like argue my case. No, he's my... He's my advocate. He's my lawyer. Yeah. I go to his side. I don't have to say anything. In fact, he probably turns to me and says, just keep your mouth closed. I got this, right? <laughs> yeah. You're not going to help yourself at all. <laughs> and, and really, there really isn't anybody on the other side. There's nobody trying to prosecute me yeah. unless I walk in and I look at Jesus and I say, I don't want your help. Yeah. And then I move myself to the other side of the room and I have to justify and validate myself. Yeah. And really what I'm going to do is look to God and say, I don't want him. I yeah. don't want his help. Yeah. I'm not interested. I'm not choosing him. I want these things. I, I'm i confessing to my crimes. And that's and, what I want and still. And I want that, yeah. con that consequence that comes with that. And in every moment of that, I think Christ is standing next to you saying, just come over here. Let yeah. me help you. Yeah. And when, when, we ch when we don't, he then has to say, well, here are the things he did. Here are right. the things he did wrong. These are the things he needs to be judged by. Yeah. Right? Because I suffered them all. I know them all. Yeah. And so he becomes then the one that becomes the judge in a way because he's, yeah. he's the one saying, here's all the stuff. Yep. I know it personally. So. Yeah, he's experienced it. But it's us that moves ourselves to it. Yeah. Right? And, it, and that's, that's the biggest thing is really, even repentance, right? The, the root is right to change and to turn towards yeah. right. God and towards Christ because right. we're turning towards the person yep. that is going to, make this okay, exactly. right? Like he's the one that's like, yeah, look at me. Yeah. You turn to me and he's having Heavenly Father turn to him right. and say, he's okay because I yeah. suffered all oh, that. Cody's so good. I, I, I've loved this conversation. You know, there's a little bit more in chapter six we could touch on, but for time, um, before I, I'm gonna have you close this out, but we've touched on some pretty, some pretty sensitive things today, uh, yeah. especially in the same sex uh, attraction world. And, and I wanna be so clear that uh, that I have a lot of people in my life. I'm, I'm a choir director. I'm in that uh, thespian kind of world regularly. Yeah. I I went through a music program and a call in a, at a liberal college. I mean, I yeah. I know and have very good friends, family members, um, people that uh, that deal with that as a, a feeling in their life, and it's real. And I don't know why, and I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, but Christ's atonement is even for you. Um, it is even for you to find joy in this life. Um, and just like all of us, there will be some things we cut out of our lives when we live uh, the standard that Christ has set. Um, I have to cut things out of my life. They may not be as um, as big. They may right. not be as as formative in you know just my who I feel like I am. Um, but ultimately, I am a child of God. and you are a child of God. And if you're struggling and feeling with those, those really impassioned feelings, He knows, Christ knows. And, uh, and I think if we can put our faith in Him, whatever it is we're cutting out of our life, we can find happiness and joy. Yeah. And uh, even though we don't have a fullness of all the things we feel like we want, um, I just hope that, that there are those out there that are hearing this and thinking, I can do more. Um, to live in line with the Savior because He will first protect me 
and second, he will teach me yeah. uh, what I need to be doing to, to help myself be happy, right? Yeah. Okay, so this has been fantastic. I think all of you out there can see uh, that if you had Brother Troutman as a seminary teacher or an institute teacher down the road, that uh, you would be blessed in all kinds of ways. Um, Cody, we've got about 1,500 people every week that are listening to this uh, in like 30 different countries. Um, the, the gospel is being spread throughout the world from the housetops, right? Tr yeah. Preach from the housetops. Absolutely. If you had a megaphone... Uh, to talk to those 1,500 people all at one time, and you would want to share something with them that uh, would help them based on the perspective you have. Um, you're a younger guy. You're in the you're in the age group even yeah. that we're, we want to we yeah. want to be addressing out here in this podcast. What would you say to them? How would you want them to feel walking away from an experience with you? Um, <clears throat> I was, I would honestly be kind of like Paul just want them to know just how much I admire their faith just admire what they're doing and and just the faithfulness of you know the generations in the world today we're like this is a select group it's yeah. it's incredible what the Lord is asking of us and that should say more about who he sent for that task yeah. we look at those tasks and we go yikes that's that's a big ask to, to live as a Christian as a disciple right. of Christ in the world today it's huge yeah. But that should speak to to who they are, um, and I would just say through my own experiences that I've just come to learn personally that His way is best. Um, just through it, things that I went through in my life, there were times where I went through and I said, "I want to do this my way because I know what I want and this is what I want most," yeah. and it all just came crashing apart, um, and it was devastating. And, and I still didn't turn to him. I still fought for it, and I was bitter, and I was upset, and, and it happened again, and everything that I would go for it just would just, just fall apart, and I, I was so upset. And after it happened again, I, I remember in a prayer, I just said, all right, I'm going to do it your way, and I'm going to listen to you now. And it was amazing. I had just experiences down the road where little things would happen, and I would think that's part of this answer. And it wasn't until years later um, I was married, or I was I was engaged to my amazing wife. She's an angel. And I was driving. We were we were driving back somewhere on this trip, and and it just kind of hit me as I thought about just how great my life was and all the things that I had. And it was just like all of my deepest desires and wishes and dreams like had come true. I was just living on this high, you know. And it just hit me. I remembered all of those prayers, all of those experiences. And it just clicked for me that he wanted that all along. He just had a different way of getting there. And so now when, you know, when asked to do things that I might not agree with or I might feel differently about, I remember those experiences and know that he is the creator. It helps me to worship the creator more than my own creature because if anybody wants us to be unbelievably happy, it's him. And so... That's what I would say. Brother Troutman, thank you. It's been so fun to have you here, and uh, and I look forward. I think next week is your wife. I think we have her. It was either last week Should or it's be, next yeah, week. Yeah, one of them. We're recording uh, back That'll back. be the one you so, want to listen to. Yeah, well, you, you've blessed our lives, and I so appreciate your time and your talents and your understanding. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things I think you could go do in your life just being who you are um, that you've chosen to come and to, uh, to advocate for the for the youth's learning, right, to help them grow and develop. 
I think speaks highly of who you are and just grateful for you and the system here with us. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Can we have you back on? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Anytime. All right, we'll see you next time. <laughs>